It's so. Come on, man. Are you all right, man? Wincosium. Yeah, like that. I don't know if this isn't the cold open. Troy <laughs> 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 is being biased if this is not the cold open. Hello and welcome to Geeks Camp, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach and the host joining me this evening are, uh, let's see, the Dwarven DM, John Christian. Uh, Kazad Sakut, my friends. Good evening. And then uh, the Dapper DM, Troy Sand. Avada Kedavra. Oh man, I, uh, damn, I'm really really chose the wrong intro for that you did you well totally, you well totally played sir. that one i could have gone like full-blown uh excalibur and done the charm of making uh, oh but, uh, oh i well, could do that one too yeah that one took a while mm. and many <laughs> many watches of that movie <laughs> yep um yeah so we're gonna talk about some wizards if you didn't hear uh if you didn't catch that from troy's uh uh, welcome. <laughs> I, I should have like Wingardium Levy Hello sir. <laughs> Hello, Hello sir. sir. Oh my god. You're such a dad. How long oh, did you sit there? You know, I'm laughing, I'm like, that that, that just my came head? into my head. Uh, I just sure like, it did. Sure it did. Yeah. Troy's on the can all that all afternoon with a pad of paper and a pen, just like no. I don't like that one. But as soon as you hit that one, you're like, oh, that's a slice of fried gold. <laughs> that's a slice of fried gold right there. Uh, hey, I have some news to talk about with you, folks. Oh, oh yeah. boy. Two, two, two little pieces of news. Two newses? Um, so this one's just short. I think maybe we'll we'll chat about it for a little bit would be my guess. But it's short news. Um, the D&D movie had a like a, a sizzle reel showcased at a, uh, a CinemaCon uh, recently. And uh, I, I won't go through everything that was in it, but two things that I thought were cool that I would note um, is that they are pretty sure that they saw a Displacer Beast featured. Um, nice. They couldn't which, tell. That's right. <laughs> it was, it was kind of, might have been. Yeah. I don't know. It was a little uh, displaced. I like that. That got me excited. I was like, you know what? I didn't realize that having a, a classic D&D monster on the silver screen was going to be exciting for me, but it is. Like, I think that's cool. I want to see no, that. That is cool. That's what we, we saw a, uh, I mean, like, best as they could do with the, the money and the time and the, the yeah. era uh, beholder the back in the day. Size the beholder. Yeah. But, uh, but you're looking, if you're looking for another. Very quintessential D and D iconic monster. I think that's the right one to go for. Displacer oh, Beast yeah. is a really good one. They also did mention a blue dragon. They think it's a blue dragon. Was it? Yeah. There. So, kudos to that. Um, and then the other thing was they talked about the feel of the trailer or the sizzle reel. Okay. And and mm-hmm. just the different shots and like, you know, they had all these different snippets and shots and and character moments and everything. And they're like. What did it feel like when it got over? What did we walk away and say, this movie, it, this is this type of movie. And the thing that they compared it a lot to was Guardians of the Galaxy. They said, oh, that's man. the feel that we're going for. And I think that's a good choice. Okay. I am I am 
I'm not going to poo-poo it. I'm not going to do that because I did the same. I know did they sag? Like I got, I got burned with Guardians of the Galaxy. I remember seeing like the tra- not the trailer, but I'd like I I was watching some news website or something like that for movies, and I'm like Guardians of the Galaxy. Who gives a crap about that? And Marvel does, does anybody read this crap? Why would they choose that as a movie that they would put together? Troy yeah. raises his hand. Yes, Troy. I, fine. I, I read. That. I'm, a, I'm a DC kid, so maybe that's the reason. Wow. Why, but I looked until I watched the trailer, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be amazing!" And then the movie was awesome. Yeah, I, like I think that's it. Like they said, kind of, it felt like a superhero trailer, but but like a superhero, a band of misfits sort of feel. I think, and mm-hmm. and heavy Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like that's I, I don't. I'm cool with that. I don't, I don't like like. That's, that's very D and D campaign. That's very yeah. you know, sitting around with your buddies and you've got the weird assortment of yeah, player yeah, characters. And, yeah. and it's not what I what I was hoping it wouldn't do, and it sounds like it won't. Is be like overly dramatic or mm. you know full of itself. Like I want something that's more lighthearted. Now that that being said, I want them to still care. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well it's, I, yeah. I, what I don't want the movie to do is try to be Game of Thrones and turn out to be Monty Python of the Search for the Holy Grail. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they tried so hard and failed. I shall so taunt miserably. you for a second time. Uh, <laughs> a ferocious rabbit. Want to be Indiana Jones and end up being Moon Knight. Um, oh my. Yeah. No shots fired. Oh, stink. Uh, no, it's uh, uh, I'm actually enjoying Moon Knight at this point, but uh, it took a long time to get me there. Uh, so the, yeah, that was the D and D movie news that I thought was cool. Um, the other thing that I thought was cool is launching later this month, I think around the 17th of May, uh, but don't quote me on that. Um, we're getting a Kickstarter for the new D20 modern system called Everyday Heroes. Oh, okay. And um, I, you know. Um, I'm gonna. I, I should have had it pulled up. Uh, it's just. It's some like middle aged dude with a paunch. He's wearing a a white shirt and sitting at a desk. He's an everyday yeah. hero. No. So so here here's the crazy thing. This comes with they secured a ton of licenses to add to it. They have the license for Highlander, Escape from New York, Universal Soldier, Rambo. All the Rambos, Total Recall, The Crow, Pacific Rim, Col- Kong, Kong Skull Island, um, and that's that's not everything. Um, they didn't get permission to use the actors' likenesses, so there won't be Kurt Russell's Lester, the Love Us Alone, um, or or people like that in it. But the uh, it was me stumbling, uh, me pulling. Did you just, did you just John? Stay safe, did, you? <laughs> did you just John <laughs> stroke uh, out like John? Sylvester did, Stallone's man. name. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, can you toss a link out there for us? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Uh, I will do so right now. Um, there you go. <clears throat> it's cool. That's awesome. Like, like I don't like I never played D twenty modern. Uh, I never have, um, but I will be excited to check this out. Um, they're gonna they're there's already a quick start guide, um, and there's a lookbook showing all eighteen subclasses available already. Um, Fantastic. So like there's a class called strong hero and a subclass in there called a brute. There's another one called an agile hero and a subclass in there called marksman. 
Uh, and then another one called Scoundrel. There's a tough hero and a, a subclass called Scrapper. A smart hero with scientists. The way the way that uh, D twenty Modern was set up, um, you didn't have classes per se, like like what you're talking, like fighter or mm-hmm. wizard. It w- it went by your your predominant ability score. So you had mm-hmm. strong, tough, smart, and then it broke down into your skills and abilities, and you could create what kind of a smart character you wanted to be but this is kind of neat i like the idea of like with the fifth edition style of yeah i'm strong but here's my subclasses that i could pick from that, that's pretty cool i like that. there's also a couple weird things that they're doing uh if we get a 2000 followers pre-launch uh on their kickstarter page there's going to be a 30 minute q a with the writer director steven denight um so that's kind of interesting. I've never seen uh, Kickstarter do that, kind of do start stretch goals early. Um, but yeah, Everyday Heroes, the role-playing game, is the new uh, is the new uh, title for it. I don't think that Eric Draven was an everyday hero from The Crow. Well, he was. He was a supernaturally powered vengeance machine. That's true. That's true. That is, it's interesting though that they're going to go that angle because Rambo, sure, I can see that. Pacific Rim, like well, the giant robos, and like, don't get me wrong, like, I, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. But I'm just like the the everyday heroes tag is has me scratching well, my head. A little the bit. crow, the crow, totally fits if you if you're talking. Also, you've got the Highlander, um, Universal Soldier, that kind of thing. I mean. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. I thought it was cool. We'll know more. Uh, it is on May 17th when it launches. Um, and you know what? I'll go ahead and drop into our uh, Kickstarter, our, our Twitch stream here. Go ahead and drop the link to the Kickstarter so people can go give it a follow. Good catch, yeah. man. Yeah. All right. Uh, anybody else have any news before we get rolling into Wizards? I don't. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, then let's uh, refill these cups and let's dive right in. Have you ever found yourself wondering if Troy is all style and no substance? Do you have doubts on whether he really even knows where he's at or what he's doing? Well, wonder no more. Sign up for the World of Game Design newsletter and get free 5e content sent to your email each week, designed and curated by Uncle Troy himself. The newsletter also lets you know when we've got a new Kickstarter on the horizon or new product available, as well as kicking out early notifications on what gaming conventions we'll be attending throughout the year. Click the link in the show notes, sign up, and gain access to a world of understanding and insight with the World of Game Design weekly newsletter. All right, uh, so wizards are our topic for today. Um, we are now on the downhill slope. This is this is the last. This is either going to be the last fine episode because we are. I think when we cover classes that we love, they're like they're cool classes. We don't need to change them up that much. But when we have to scrape the bottle of the barrel for the rest of these classes that we're going to talk about. I think that's the opportunity for gold when we can turn 
when we could turn lead to gold in these next few episodes, that's either where we're going to shine or we're going to just toss up our hands and say, well, they've said it's impossible now for 2,000 years. Who are we to try to, you know, change it up? Watch watch our floundering attempts to to unturd a turd. That's right. Yeah. I like like how Zach is like, you know, all we have left is the crap classes like Artificer and (laughs) Barbarian and... Mm-hmm. Sorcerer, yeah. yeah. Nobody plays those. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody plays those. Uh, rogue. Yeah. Um, I think those are the four that we will have. And monk. Yeah. So all the trashy yeah. classes are what's. That's 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 only slightly true. Um, I'll, I'll give you that. Can we so. get a disclaimer? At the bottom of our of John and our and, and my little windows that say, you know, mm-hmm. Zach's viewpoints do not necessarily. I'll work on that. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, but I this is this is my I'm going to lay it down as wizard is my favorite class. So um, I'm really excited to talk about tonight. Um, hopefully, we're going to give you some different ways to think about playing a wizard. That's the goal with this series. The series is not about here's how to play a wizard or here's some, the best builds for wizard. Um, we're not going to walk through the class step by step. This is kind of a, you, you've probably watched a billion of those videos on YouTube, read articles on those done it for yourself. You probably played 16 wizards by now. Instead, um, this is a, an episode where we dive into how can we make this different? How can we look at it a little bit different? And I thought gentlemen, that we could start tonight by giving, like, if we could, like, one or two sentence little notes of maybe if you have any um, wizards from campaigns gone by that stood out to you as kind of like, oh, that was a great wizard, that was fun and different, Um, whether you played it or somebody in your party played it. I thought that might be an interesting... uh, way to, to roll out with some firsthand experiences. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kick you off with a couple uh, little tiny ones, um, and that'll give you a couple moments to think. Um, uh, I liked um, a friend of mine made a ASMR wizard in our Middle Earth game. And that was kind of cool to, 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 to take the idea of an ASMR as being this otherworldly, celestial, angelic person. I thought it's a great race to play uh, as a wizard in, in Middle-earth. Um, and then uh, another one that I'll throw out real quick uh, that was my very first D&D uh, 5e character. Very first 5e character was a dragonborn uh, uh, transmutation wizard called Theodos. Uh, but uh, he was a bookworm worm spelled with a Y, of course. Um, and uh, I I really enjoyed uh, the idea of a bookworm. And we had a whole thing in our mythos about, if I remember correctly, about dragons being like the OG wizards and, and crafting spells. Uh, Chaos 8 on chat is saying he played a scribe wizard that was shamanistic and Viking themed. His spell book was a sack of runes carved into... Stone, I like that a lot too. Anything else coming to mind, fellas? I can keep going. I yeah. I, I had to stop writing. <laughs> like, yeah, Zach was I saying, 
I am ready for yeah, the night. I'm so ready. Notebook full here, right? As far as wizards that I've played, um, or that you remember being played at your table, right? Like cool. You know, in in uh, <clears throat> I mean, I've had wizards played at my table. Sure, sure. During you know organized play events, um, and usually you know we just we just get them for four hours and they go off, and so it's kind of hard to to remember anything. Mm-hmm. But but at at my home in my home groups. I haven't had that many wizards mm. played. Um, I do remember, I do remember one uh, wizard, and they were we were getting ready to start uh, out of the abyss. Mm. And my thought was, well, I'm not telling them how the how it starts because. You know, if I say, "Oh, where well, you're you're going to be captured, you're not going to have anything. It's just going to be a room full of monks, <laughs> barbarians, and sorcerers." So I didn't I didn't say it. I didn't I didn't I didn't tell him what it was. So here he's a uh, wizard with no spell book, right? Mm. And he was he the player was so mad, <laughs> and and I'm like, I'm like, okay, so here's the thing. You, it's not like old school D and D where you cast the spell, you forget the spell. You still have it in your head. You just don't have the oomph to cast it anymore. So the next day when you wake up, you still remember the the spells that you had from the other days. Is, is what we'll say. So it's not like you're out anything. You just can't respect yourself until you find your spellbook or a new spellbook. And mm. he just didn't, he did not like that at all. Mm. He he mm. was like, if I had known that, I wouldn't have played a wizard. It's like, well, your wizard didn't know he was going to be captured and in, you know, imprisoned by drow. So, what <laughs> <laughs> happened? Yeah. yeah. I think so. that's a, that's a brutal way to start a camp. Even, even with a, a, a generous, offering of you can still cast the spells that you had prepared it's a brutal way to start off it's like hey mr barbarian you can be a barbarian but you can't rage until i've killed at least one of your party members (laughs) (laughs) well it's like the spell book was like right over there all they had to do was go get it I mean, they had, you know, yeah, yeah. Your your gear is, is, is in the next cell over. Yeah. They never went. (laughs) It was like, okay, we're going to do all this stuff. They, they, they figured out how to escape. It's like, okay, great. And then they just ran away. They even, they knew, they knew the, 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 where their stuff was being kept. And it's like, well, where's our stuff? It's like, it's over there. In that room, it's it's being it's waiting for when the the other drow show up. For, so when they take you, they're going yeah, to take yeah. your stuff because they're going to uh, keep it or sell it. Okay, nope, just took off, ran away. Nobody had anything. Mm. They didn't. They didn't go get their weapons. They didn't go get their armor. They didn't get their spellbook. It's like, oh well, you still have your spells, just can't switch them out. <laughs> Yeah, I think exactly. for me, he, he still yeah. had his spells. He could cast whatever 
Yeah, I think for me, the the only thing that comes to mind, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat that Troy's in. For some reason, I don't have very many wizards ever play in my really campaigns. fascinating. Yeah, the 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 only with a recent exception, um, and that was with with Gabriel uh, playing a wizard in the Dragonlance game that we've been playing for the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite part of it really wasn't something that was a byproduct of just simply uh, him playing a wizard, but something that that kind of came out of it right in the rhyme of the frost maiden their spoiler alert for those it's only two years old it's fine uh then uh, in rhyme of the frost maiden there is a a wizard that is burned at the stake uh in and in the story and so uh i whenever uh gabriel and the group came to the town where that happened and this event kind of like it occurs um he looks and he sees the big commotion there's somebody tied to a stake Somebody making a, a you know a big speech about how you know this kind of thing won't be tolerated in this town, and the person turns their face, and it's Gabriel's character's face, and it's like Gabriel's being his character is being burned at the stake, but he's sitting there looking at it's like Marty McFly looking at Marty McFly running around with Doc, right? And so uh, there what he it was uh, what unfolded. He found out that he may or may not be one of the clones of this wizard. Nice. Like, is he the original wizard or is he the clone? Um, mm. And then they met up with another, like when that happened, it's like, there's no context for him to go go with. Cause as soon as he's like, Oh my gosh. And points, <laughs> he goes up in flames. And it's like, that's the, uh, like, so there's no like questioning the other Gabriel or that's Salil. Cool. And so they didn't find out about him later until later on. Uh, and like, there's a, an upside down tower that's buried in the, in the snow in in the in frost and Robin the frost and the other clone is there mm. and is waiting for the one that got burned to to come back That's and so funny. when he gets in there he's like they have this like he has to, like he's figuring it all out right so like, it's like that's the one the earliest really thing you remember right exactly it, they did that was the whole thing that like them yeah, going yeah, back yeah. and forth like trying is it you or is it me yeah because like, yeah. he's like because there were parts like I, he, I'm convinced he still doesn't know exactly whether or not he is the the real wizard or not. But that's mm-hmm. a, those are the kind of things I feel like you can get away with with a wizard that you can't really get away with with a lot of the other classes like that. Those kind of like magical shenanigans they don't yeah. really make unless maybe sorcerers, maybe a warlock, maybe maybe. But wizards in particular, those are the ones that seem to me like they can they can be a, a good comedic foil. Or uh, like a story foil for stuff like that too. So, oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, so uh, I've got a, uh, two more really fast ones, and the last one will kind of lead into the rest of our discussion here. Um, one of my favorite builds, uh, one of my favorite characters uh, that I put to- ever put together was a Wan T enchantment wizard that I was really proud of for a while. Oh, right on. Um, uh, and then uh, another player at my table at one of my home games he created a uh air genasi wizard named wisp and uh i guess i'll use wisp as my uh as my starting point for how to maybe play a wizard in a different way or like interesting goals or objectives or mindsets or whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, so he he uh as wisp it's kind of like this wizard in training and uh Early on in their adventuring career, they got a few cards from the deck of many things. Um, and one of the cards that they got was the card that lets you ask something and the, the a true answer will be given to you from the universe. 
right? Right. 40, 42. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he asked, so he thought about it for multiple sessions, right? Just just really pondering because you get to determine when you ask the question. Matthew, draw the card. And he asked where the nearest uh, nearly complete spell book was that was not currently possessed by a wizard. And that was such a great question, and it really kickstarted the rest of the campaign from that point on. A huge part of it, at least. Because, basically, I went through all of the published adventures for 5e, and I said, which one of these would make sense for me to drop a spellbook into? Right? Um, and then and then I kind of... And I gave them... I actually ended up giving them, like, two or three different paths. And uh, one of them was in Tomb of Annihilation... Uh, one of them was in uh, Tomb of Horrors, and then another one was in somewhere else. And I gave him like this book is buried in you know like like the idea was like this book is buried in mud, deep within a jungle, blah 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 blah. This book is deep in a catacombs, and it's not in possession of a wizard anymore, but there is a powerful entity overseeing it. This book over here, and so they he had to kind of like pick which one, and then they like like a big part of the campaign going forward was the quest to gain a nearly complete uh, uh, spell book. And That's cool. And, and how did the other characters, the other players manage that? Were they cool with it? Just like, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll go get them a spell book. Yeah. I mean, like they, they didn't only do that, right? Like it was part of their objectives, but mm -hmm. they saw the validity of having a wizard in their party who could become a certified badass if they went and did this dungeon. Right. Um, and so, you know, they, they were, they were cool about it. That character ended up drawing a second card from the deck of many things and got his soul trapped in a jar later in the campaign. <laughs> so it kind of sorted itself out eventually. Uh, but, uh, it was good while it lasted. I have never seen the deck of many things ever work out in overall, so overall I, I, for the, for anybody, for anybody, for the DM or the players ever. It's, it's cool. Oh, it never I've never used it several, I, I've I used it several times. It's great. Players. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had. A, I, I, yeah, I had a less than intelligent character draw a card from the deck of many things because he didn't know what it was, mm. and he became even less intelligent. Yes, but nobody noticed. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. Yeah, nice. He just so, talked you know, less. Yeah, he talked. <laughs> so, I don't feel so, any dumber. The smartest thing he did was stop talking. Yeah. So I've got a few. So so that at this point we kind of uh, reminisced a little bit and kind of came up with some ideas from from that but here's where we kind of go hog wild and talk about um weird builds or interesting concepts that are outside the box john i ran across one uh this is not my own original idea but i grabbed it for you oh, um, okay uh someone proposed uh a wizard designed around freddy krueger being an illusionist wizard. All right. Huh. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm thinking through that. I mean, yes. If he they was said like, using a lot of illusion and necromancy spells and yeah. just okay. messing with people's minds and dreams and 
realities and and life. I think I think you can definitely create a parallel for like it's the uh, like create a Freddy, Freddy Krueger esque character, and if you were to use it, I think that's a that's a very interesting way of doing it or going about it, right? Mm-hmm. Without it actually being in a quote unquote dream realm that they that's just some other person that's out there that's doing this to other people. I can see that. It's good. Yeah, like I, I, I like like yeah, I'm, it doesn't perfectly work. But if you said I was inspired by Freddy Krueger and I yeah. made this demented wizard that that uses illusion magic to mess with people's minds and dreams. And yeah, what I, what I see is like, as the, as the story unfolds and the players are starting to like pick up the clues, they get like three quarters of the way through the adventure. Like, wait a second. Is this guy Freddy Krueger? Yeah. <laughs> I could totally right. see that happen. Like, <laughs> yes, 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 it is. And he's coming for you. Yeah. I, like this. I really dug that. Um, uh, I, I kind of got on the on the wagon again with Eldritch Horror, and I thought about like a mad wizard who doesn't use a spell book, but like encountered an Eldritch Horror and got like a download to his brain of like all these equations and oh, like nice. sy- symbols and things, and his magic now just is like comes from a wagging tongue that he has no idea what he's uttering. He just knows that there is a power that he can now you know funnel through. It sounds and maybe- like a warlock to me though. Oh, it, it could be, and you could maybe like maybe there maybe it's like uh, like Faye or some you know like maybe his, his his spell book is imprinted on his flesh or something you know like <laughs> I love how your voice changed with that I love yeah. you Zach yeah imprinted <laughs> upon his flesh but yeah. wouldn't there be some issues with that if it, if your spell book is imprinted upon your flesh because I'm pretty sure there's some pages you just can't see. <laughs> A mirror. You just hold a mirror where you need it. For- <laughs> I can't read it upside down and backwards. It blew my mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh wow. boy. Wait, no, that you could was- use you could use uh, components too. But spells. Yeah. <laughs> that's another thing. That's a that's a, thing. That, I think that's a that's an arcane tradition, that's, isn't it? That's magic. But, yeah. Just but. The arcane uh, tradition of butt. Uh, but <laughs> um, what, something that you just said though, I I like that where you know you've got all of these spells crammed into your brain. How fun would it be to kind of like do a riff on like almost like wild magic, but it's not it's not the wild magic chart. It's more like okay, here's here's a list of attack spells mm. and I'm in a combat situation. I need to cast an attack spell. I have to roll, you know, you have to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm, I'm aiming at that guy right there. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Roll on the chart. And that's the spell that comes out. Oh, or yeah. make it less horrific. Maybe it's even like you roll and you know what you're about to spell to. It's like a sneeze. Like, you know, you're about to sneeze and you know what it's like, you, I need to point in a particular direction at this point, right? Yeah. So here comes like, a that, fireball. <laughs> exactly, so, but but I, I do like the randomness aspect of it. I think this feels again that feels less wizardy and more sorcery. But I mean, me yeah. But, but whenever I, in the way he he described it, you know, the, yeah. he's a wizard that was going after, you know, knowledge that you should not mm-hmm. obtain, and so yeah, your brain would just be scrambled. So you've got all these spells. You don't need a spell book, 
because they're locked in there, mm. but you don't know what's coming out. The way you could balance it, right? Because the idea of not needing a spell book is, is a little power boost, not a big one, but what yeah. you could do is say, if you, if you choose to do this where it's all inside and it's all scrambled, when you level up, you roll your spells that you gain randomly. Oh right? yeah. Yep. So okay. it, so now, yeah, you got a benefit of you don't have to carry around a spellbook, but also you don't know what's in there. Yeah. You well, and I, uh, you can even go back. I had a um, a friend of mine that, that wanted to play a carbon copy of a character from Final Fantasy IV, uh, Taylor, mm-hmm. and Taylor was this uh, this elderly mage, the the prototypical uh, wizard, and, and he had like all this ancient magic, like the the meteor spell uh, was the thing mm-hmm. that he knew, but he'd forgotten it. Something happened to him and he, he only knew so much of the, the, this massive library of spells that he knew. And over time, as he leveled up, he would, he would learn more, but, and he would learn these, like these really huge spells, but he only had a limited number, like an an extra limited number of times he could cast those, but they're way outside of the normal party range. And so he, the way we did that was uh, I would give him access to like a daily, like a levels, uh, any, any spell between when he was like, uh, he could only cast up to level three at one time, but I gave him level four, five, and six spells. He could choose any one per day that he would remember. And he could, he could cast that on the fly. Right. Mm. And, and then it, as he, and as he leveled up to four, that th- range of three levels of spells would move up along with it. That's so cool. by the time he ended up hitting, uh, hitting sixth level, he could cast wish and things like that. But it would burn him out. There were some. We had some additional mechanics on uh, him pushing himself too hard. So. Uh, I we just played last night uh, one shot of um, Wrath and Glory 40k, and there was a warlock in that, and I thought it had a really interesting mechanic. And I'm going to botch what the actual mechanic was, but it would be a cool mechanic for wizards, where the higher level of magic, quote unquote, that he used, there was this percentage chance that increased of them. Of him opening up a uh, uh, a rift to chaos, right? I'm like, what awesome. a cool thing for for wizards! If you had a wizard who, you know, again, like you'd work with your DM, but some sort of thing where, uh, you know, the higher the level of magic, you rolled percentage dice with every spell above fifth level mm-hmm. or above third level, and if you rolled a certain number, something came through. Um, especially if you were going to play a wizard that was like a demonologist or something that, you know, was using their, the spells that they were using are in a tongue that is not from this plane. Right. That could be really cool. Like, or an elementalist. Well, yeah, Yeah. I've always appreciated the settings that have like a price to pay for the magic, right. Whether it's dark sun and you're actually drawing energies from the world and you're killing it more. It's like this thing, it's already broken as it is, but you're making it worse to dragon Lance where, uh, you can be, you're, you can be crippled or you can be, um, enervated and enfeebled by the magic. Uh, or you, uh, you, you have to devote so much study and so much time to study that you don't have time to like for your own physical well being and things like that. That kind of justifies that the the ninety pounds when wet mm-hmm. uh, mage in robes, you know. Um, but I also like we're talking if we're going to talk a little bit about like the different types of wizards and stuff like that. That's one of those where it really really depends upon the 
the origin point of the mythology, right? Like, hmm. well, I mean, traditionally in D and D, at least, wizards are they're scholars and they yeah. are academics. Yeah, and the they're usually cloistered away in some library for a certain amount of time, or um, and uh, whereas, like, if you look at Lord of the Rings. Wizards are actually almost like a species or like a, a type of per, like a person type, as opposed to uh, some kind of like a profession or a job or something like that that you can take upon yourself. And then you also in like in other media mediums or media, uh, you have like a really weird mingling of sorcerer and wizard, right? Like you look at Doctor Strange; they call him the Sorcerer Supreme, but it's all learned learned wizard, knowledge. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's it's very wizardly, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this: between the two between the two of you, do you have a particular wizard that's in your mind of like this is the one that I typically like to either play, or like this is a wizard to me? Yes, and it does not exist in D anD. d Oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> because I feel there's something about D anD. Hipster wizard. <laughs> Hipster wizard. Hipster wizard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, cold pressed coffee yeah. wizard. Is that a okay. my wizard doesn't exist in D and D. Fifteen fifteen archetypes isn't enough to get me what <laughs> I'm right. after. <laughs> well, if you put it that way, no. I, I I always looked at wizards like what you were saying. They're they're tapping into the to the weave of reality, mm. and they're they're warping it and changing it to do what. At, to their will and to me it was always like okay the spell slots represent your current capacity that you can deal with mm -hmm. but to me you should be able to push beyond that with mm. consequence mm -hmm. you know and to me that kind of it makes the wizard more dynamic because it's like you know yeah I've I've unloaded every spell slot I have. All I have left is my cantrips. Man, I really wish I had that. I hadn't cast that last, you know, fifth level spell. Mm -hmm. What do I, you know, what do I do now? Well, you can try to cast it. You can push your body because you haven't haven't uh, you know worked out enough. Mm. You haven't worked out your magic muscle enough yet. <laughs> Don't Do you take, even magic? Also, not, not also that's a whole different thing. But that's sure. whole, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the not the never mind. Um, but no, I like that idea. Like like this, what you were talking about with with Andrew, opening yourself up to the to the warp. You know, you're just pushing, 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 and maybe maybe that first time you push, it it's fine. Nothing nothing bad happens. You're tired. Maybe you lose some some healing surges or something like that, or maybe gaining a level of exhaustion or something like that, mm -hmm. but you're fine. You, you can maintain You're you're good to go. You push again. And maybe this time it, something happens. Maybe you, you know, your eyes turn into hourglasses instead of normal eyes. You're just, or mm. maybe you're, maybe one hand shrivels and becomes all black and gnarled up mm. or something. But it, it kind of goes back to some of those, wizards in the storybooks in the the novels and fantasy worlds where you don't want to mess with those guys why well look he's got a tentacle for an arm <laughs> he's seen that's, some things man that's not that's not normal you know you don't ever see him take his hood off why well 
He's got a bunch of tumors all over his head. It's not a tumor. (laughs) But but yeah, it's like there needs to be that kind of ability to push yourself beyond, and D and D doesn't have that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be down with that. Could be Zach. Um, I. I'm a suck. Okay, so when I, I I love playing wizards because I love the I love the collection aspect um, of yeah. of spells, and so I'm my wizards are often very traditional, um, and I like that about them. Like I like the idea of I am devoted to research in a specific field, but then when I go out into the world, it's like you know every every piece of paper is a possible um mm. is a possible uh, uh scroll for my collection uh i like uh, my wife and i do a lot of um like flea markets and antique stores and things like that that's kind of our hobby thing yeah. and I, we do it in completely different ways right she's a she's a browser right she's someone who you know just steps into a booth and says, what are you trying to show me booth? Right. And like <laughs> is willing to receive whatever. Impress me. She would Impress never say it booth. that way. Right. Yeah. No, in a very like, like, yeah, I'll just check it out and whatever they have, I'll, I'll be curious about. Right. I am the type of person who can probably get through a whole flea market in 45 minutes because I put my brain on autopilot and it just looking for, the logos and the items that I obsess about. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love doing that. And I love walking through it. And, and then you see like the little, the little star Wars icon over in the corner buried on one of the corner shelves, right. Or whatever. And you're like, Ooh. and in my mind, like that's, that's the wizard that I like to play is like one who is, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm helping you fight evil and, you know, save the town. But really, I've got like one of my eyes just kind of like always cocked to the side <laughs> and like observing any like shelf or desk or roll top desk, especially. A roll top desk is a promise of a spell scroll inside, right? Um, or, you know, anything like that. So it sounds like a really good neutral wizard, right? Where it's like they, uh, they're along for the ride. They're, they're, they're all they're doing is they're trying to expose themselves to as much stuff as that's out there that they can kind of shop through. Yeah. And, and the, their party, their party is like, I know that adventurers, when they go out and they usually get into trouble, they tend to like uncover stuff and they find goodies that I might want to take a look yeah. at. So I'm not really worried about your cause or the thing that you're into or the, the, like the princess you're trying to save in the castle. Yeah. Happy to I, help. Because if you do, there's more stuff that you'll be able to get access to. Yeah. I'm like, I, it's not even that I don't care. I'm, I feel for this town. I want to help this town. But mm. I'm why I'm here, why I happen to be part of this adventuring party instead of being stuck in a, a tower is that there is a possibility when you are out in the wide world of finding something. Right? Mm. A spell scroll is, is carrots, but a spell book or a manual, that's all right. So now you've hit upon my the juice which is manuals are are what i live for um i once found a manual of flesh golem creation and that made the entire campaign for me right like, it's like <laughs> done 
Awesome. I I won D&D this time. Uh, <laughs> don't always win D&D, but this campaign I won. So I'm always looking for a Codices or a Librum. That's right. Like any, anything I can get my hands on. Yeah. Now, does yeah. your your wizard, when he gets the book, does he do like, I do it still. I'll, I'll take the book, that like an old book, and I'll I'll smell the book because it's got that, that old book smell, right? Does he do that and kind of no, get a good whip? No, you know, I don't think so because I think to him, like, all right, so now we're going to transport you back to Zach's mind, but, like, I don't think that he sees them as relics. So, like, breathing it in and getting, like, an old book smell. Okay. Like, it's, it's it's not about yesteryear. It's about, like, what's in there and available right now. And so mm-hmm. when he sees it, it's not about the book, the the thing. It's about what that book contains. Gotcha. So it's not a Pavlovian is, response where it's like, it? oh, I smell this and I know that's there's knowledge in there. That's is what it knowledge even smells safe like. to sniff a spell book? I mean... Ooh, <laughs> that's, some of that residual dust kind of yeah, uh, it's like, the nostrils. Yeah, you know that there's at least a little bit of bat guano that's rubbed into the pages. Oh, that, yeah, chaos aid is saying like you smell, you smell a fireball spell. Yeah, you you sniff and you're like bat guano. There is a yeah, like an evocation spell in here. That's great. I'm gonna steal that. Like, I really like. No, I really like the idea of smelling a book and you're. It's like you're a, a really pretentious chef. That can like smell the ingredients, a little rosemary, yeah, maybe a little thyme. No, you're you're smelling you're smelling like that. You can actually smell the actual components that are in the spells yeah. from the book that you're smelling. But yeah, yeah. it's like I can just see the, the wizard kind of and toss it Illusion. over. Yep. This is illusory. Right before, yeah. then, then you smell the wrong book, and like Salil's saying, you smell the wrong book. It smells like burnt toast, and the lights go out. Yep. <laughs> yes. Who uh, wrote this book? A donkey. <laughs> yes. uh, that kind of leads into another wizard that I haven't played yet, but I would like to. Um, that I thought would be cool, which is a components-driven, like druidic wizard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking. A naturalist, um, one who uh, abstains from arcane symbols, arcane sigils anything like that and is all about collecting and if i was going to do that i i really been sitting on it because it requires the right type of campaign because i wouldn't want to just go buy the stuff most of the time right i think if i was going to play that character i want the opportunity to say all right this spell says it needs sage the climate that we're currently in doesn't have sage how can I find this? Right. And like, that would be like a big part of it for me was like actually figuring out ways of acquiring these things. Um, and if the DM was cool, maybe even say, well, you can buy sage at the, at the general store or whatever, but it's dry and flaky and, you know, it'll work in a pinch, but you're going to have a 10% chance of failing every time you utilize it. That would I would be so happy. See that, or uh, yes, or you're if you if you're like really really strict on the exact components and you just can't find they're going into the desert, right? If you, if your wizard was obsessed with finding alternatives, to, yeah. Uh, to yeah, components, yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah, like especially like plant based or even material based components. Like well, that, that also came from out of the abyss. They had a, a part in there where you know while you're running through the underdark, perhaps you could find. Oh, because yeah. because when you think about it, there's all know, sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah the, mm-hmm. the the denizens of the underdark don't have access to 
sage and all that stuff that you have in the surface world because you're miles away. Mm-hmm. What do they use to cast those very same spells? Yeah. Yeah, and, if you really want to... Things like that. Sorry, Troy. If you really want to get into your character, I think that's a really cool angle for them yeah. is... Like, from where I'm from, we don't use wool and a glass rod to cast lightning bolt. You know, like, so then what makes sense instead yes. that you would use? As- the other thing, this is more for DMs, but I love the idea of a spell book because a spell book is an item that you can fuss with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I've really found that's cool that players, you know, top five things players love Um my players love it when I introduce the idea that on monsters and fiends and things, if they have a ranger in the party or whoever, and they could skin them and tan the hide and they can turn it into a vellum that becomes pages. And Oh, you have a fiendish vellum now. And if you inscribe a spell, you know, if you inscribe fireball on that or whatever, uh, you can, I think one time I said uh, you can upcast it one level um it like like it it works as an upcast but it uses a lower level spell slot right so you can cast it at fifth level it, it takes a fourth level spot but every time you cast from this vellum there is a 10 percent chance that uh you uh your 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 mortal fingers skirting across this fiendish hide will draw the ire of you know some some hellish entity that pops into existence and with a reprimand and a firebrand, you know, to uh, 10% chance starting out. Yeah. Yeah. Then it resets after you can after you bring that, that Baylor, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's like, yeah. Don't worry about it. I've got at least another 10 uses before it happens again. At, at least see. Okay. So that right there is, it brings me to a, a type of, uh, play style that, I think would be really cool in a, in a kind of uh, those of those of us that have watched or listened to uh, critical role. Uh, Liam O'Brien played a character and he was very much into the components and mm-hmm. he would describe, it's like, okay, I, I pull out um, molasses or whatever. And I put it between my hands and I smear it around and, and he casts, you know, yeah. whatever, or the bat, the pinch of bat guano and poof, fire, you know, fireball. That's really cool. So take that aspect, and then the idea of you have this this demon vellum that is going to cost you something at some point. Mm-hmm. That to me sounds like something along the lines of of John Constantine, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just completely blanked uh, Jim Butcher. What's 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 the uh, the wizard that Jim Butcher wrote. I don't know. That's, no, those, I, are, those aren't in my repertoire. Yep. Thank you, Andrew. I knew I knew you'd have my back. Um, I, I, <laughs> his name is Robert Dresden, I believe. Yes. I, mean, I don't know. Harry. Harry Dresden. Frank. Rob, Robert is his uh, unmatchable brother. His Christian name. <laughs> it's a Christian but, uh, name. But yeah, so, something like that where you have to you have to use components. You can make the spells more powerful as a, as a DM in that in a campaign, where if you're using actual components and doing stuff, you can kind of like bump up what mm-hmm. actually happens 
but because you know, it's like, yeah, go ahead and, and use that demon skin scroll because eventually his family is going to come for you. Yeah. And then what are you going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that because you're you're using that in a way to really flavor everything. And it becomes a, you know, the rest of the group is kind of like looking looking at you just kind of, uh, what 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 spell are you casting now? What are you going to use? Why why are you doing that one? Can't you just can't just, you just learn how to use a sword? You know yes. something. As 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 Andrew says, crying is always a free action. It is. That's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, my my last alt build um, that doesn't really have a like. I guess you could take any of the schools and kind of give an I, a reminiscent of this or an aspect of this, but. What about a hedge wizard mm-hmm. as a feel, right? Because we, we talked a lot about scholars and learned. But what about the wizard who picks things up? The wizard who is lives in a small town, was trained by, you know, the, the local wizard there. But none of them ever got super high magic. And they just kind of, you know, their spells are jury-rigged and and, you know... Or maybe they, I'm going to steal another Final Fantasy thing. There's a character, I think it's Gal is the name of the character in Final Fantasy VI. But he's he's like a little beast child. And if he sees an animal, it's kind of like a druid effect, right? Where you, he sees the animal, then he can transform into that monster or whatever it is. So what if taking that same vibe and instead the hedge wizard sees someone else do it. And then they, you can roll an arcana check or something like that to see whether or not now you have that as a spell that you have in your list. But that yeah. maybe, and maybe it's always prepared because you're probably going to have a more limited number of spells as a result of seeing other spells being cast because you're probably going to see the same ones more, most of the time. Yeah, and I think I think the other thing that's a hedge wizard uh, that you would need to figure out, maybe it's multi-classing like Chad is saying, maybe it's working with your DM, but I think you would need some healing magic because that's a big part of them, right? It's like mm-hmm. herbs and remedies and things and... Uh, or, or at least the ability to do things like remove curse and you know, uh, restoration magic and things like that. I think would at mm-hmm. least. Be I think the perfect hedge wizard would be uh, Miracle Max. Yeah, from Good call. Uh, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. And, <laughs> and he get like and to your point. Yes, healing. He he brings Wesley back. But what else could Miracle Max do? And he's definitely not the type of wizard that you think of. When you think of an adventuring D and D wizard, he's in this little hut. He's not mm-hmm. in some kind of a fancy tower. Yeah, he he's a huge fan of a nice MLT when the when the mutton is very lean and the tomatoes. Oh, it's just so perky. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that that to me is like a, a fun type of alternative wizard. And you could you could argue it might be more like a druid, but whatever. Um, but that's the oh, thing, uh, right? That's the thing, right? Just, is like. There is a difference, and I think a wizard, a hedge wizard, or someone like that, is more towards wizard than towards druid in a 5e build, right? Um, shape-shifting and whatnot not being a component. And, uh, I don't know. Um, I, no, I think you could do that. The hedge wizard is the one where, like... The way the way I think of the my traditional wizard is the one that is is the academic and the, and the scholar, right? It's the one that is buried in tomes, and but they were trained a particular way and are trained in a particular way to look at magic. 
They're not, it's not innate, like with a sorcerer, it's innate. It just flows out of them raw power. The wizard has to science the magic into doing whatever they want to. But um, the hedge wizard to me is the one that was never trained scholastically and never went to academy or university or anything like that. And as a result, they don't have the same mental confines and the the blinders that a, a normal wizard would have. Right. So I think that, you're, I think you're right. I think that those those are the wizards to me that would kind of like veer in different directions for like being able. They actually can heal, whereas there isn't a single wizard spell that can. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe they're not using like divine magic. What they're actually doing is they're uh, the, the ones that are healing are using like chronomancy, where they're they're healing by turning back the dial of, of time and reversing the wound. And to, and to close it up or something like that, you know, it's, it, and it doesn't have to still be, it still doesn't have to be t- tapped into a divine power. It can still be wizardly. It's just the way that they're looking at it. It's outside of the box. You know what I would do is I would allow a wizard in my game as a simple remedy to multi-class into ranger, but let it be, uh, you let them have int intelligence as their spell casting ability modifier still. Mm. Um, and let uh, the idea of because rangers have the I think the right amount of healing and the right flavor of healing to kind of give you some of that that essence and their spell list I think would lend cool to a hedge wizard um, um, I think there, there could be something funky with a ranger wizard hybrid if you could get around the fact that <laughs> one is int and one is wisdom and that's going to make your life frustrating or just kind of do, you know, as a hedge was almost like, you know, your, your school of magic would be hedge magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and those types of spells are yes. your bonus spells. And yes, just be, exactly. Just be done with it. Yeah. Cause I feel like, you know, if you're dipping into the, to the ranger class suddenly. Yeah. Armor now you got armor and yeah, and stuff that you don't need. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I had, I have two other things to hear towards the end. Um, I'm going to do the exact same thing. So get ready here in a bit that we did last time, uh, with, 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 uh, uh whatever class we talked about last time, um, <laughs> uh, Druid. Druids, uh, where I talk about pitch me on a cool race background, blah, 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 combination for wizard now. Uh, but also as I was thinking about that myself, do you guys have a cool pitch for an orc wizard? Now, I'm not saying, oh, an orc, orc can be whatever, wizard, sure, whatever. I'd, I'm not worried about the mechanics of it. I'm saying, pitch me on something that sounds cool as an orc wizard. Hmm. You could go, I think the, that's the, the where the wizard almost dips into shamanism for me, for, a, for an orc. Where it's, hmm. it's, it is magic that has been passed on instead of a school, it's not a school that's, that is teaching it. It's, there's not the organ, not, not organization. It's like, um, with the Hebrew, they had a, it was an oral history, right? So the, the, the orcs don't actually pass on magic and the ability to cast spells through books. They do everything through an oral history. I teach you by showing you, this, and there's a tale that's usually told, like of how 
an, an ancestor came about finding this piece of either lore or mm. stumbling upon this raw magical font or power, and that's how it was. And then it's it, it is subsumed into uh, into the tribe, right? Mm-hmm. So like tribal magic, and like yeah. and that's like the, I, like I say, I think it that dips more into shamanism, but I think that that's a that would be a really neat way to go because you don't I don't think you would you wouldn't have a spell book. And that would be yeah. like the weird thing is you oh. would maybe you'll have components, but you don't have a spell book anymore because everything is just the story. And instead of, you know, meditating on it, reading the story or everything or the book or everything like that every single night, it's all about sitting around the fire with your comrades and telling these tales about how things like and, that happen. And so to cast a spell, you would you would say something that came from one of those stories, almost like, mm-hmm. you know, Shaka and the walls fell and, yeah, you, cast, exactly. and you cast Thunderwave or Earthquake yeah. or something like that. You know, you're, you're rec- recalling a, 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 and recounting something from the, either from the, the tale from the past yeah. or, yeah, yeah. That's, it maybe steps on Bard's toes a little bit, but but I, I can see it. Yeah, but see, the thing is, that to me, a Bard is about a performance. This isn't necessarily a performance. It is, yeah. it's tapping into the tribal psyche mm-hmm. and into the tapping into yeah. the history. Not even tapping into like ancestors yeah. and spirit, spirituality or anything like that at all. And it's and it doesn't matter how well you you invoke it or how well you say it right. or right. like what what your tones or anything like that is. It is your it's the passion like that 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 fiery blooded orc passion about that, the oral history that's, that's mm-hmm. coming out. And that's, and that's, what's kind of like the, but you can kind of even think it like this, like the, the story is the fuel. The passion is the spark to start mm-hmm. to, to ignite the flame of magic and make it go. That's pretty cool. I think, I think what I would do, you know, you know, tap into that, you know, the traditional thought of orcs being warlike, mm-hmm. um, and do a modified version of a blade singer mm. where it's not an elegant ballet like dance where you're you've got your yeah. your long swords and you're spinning around casting spells it's more it's it uh kind of like if, if you watched any of the harry potter movies when the, the triwizard tournament when when Durmstrang comes in and they're doing their almost almost like a haka, where the, oh, that, yeah. that's you know they're they're doing the dance and they're it's it's just just primal welling up of like you were saying this passion where you're just mm. and it's all part of the combat dance and mm, you're yeah, just swinging I, your club or your your axe and just casting spells and. I dig, I dig the dance a- aspect of that, or like a, when you said haka, it's almost like a, a like a combination of a, a maybe a haka, a haka, a haka and a, a kata, like the yes. Japanese kata. It is a form that you are doing, and it's mm. and it, you're doing it pr- with precision, and it is something that that is a rote muscle memory thing that you've mm. developed over time. Again, it's not like sitting down and writing with quill and ink the, with the prototypical wizard, right? I, I really like that idea of like whenever the battle is engaged, it is a, the battle itself is a ritual, yes. and and the, and the haka or the kata that they're that they're following through is just like is a series of memorized steps that they go through in order to yeah. uh, to assure victory. You could even mm-hmm. like add in like you know capoeira, yeah, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, less, yeah. maybe just less spinny, mm. but. 
but yeah, I, I like the idea of you know you you you're, you're just pulling it up, and it would be this would be like a this would be a true version of of the joke muscle wizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're like you said, you're not sitting there writing stuff down. You're not learning from books. You are you go to wizard school or whatever, or you you are sent to learn from the wizard of of this tribe. And yeah, you're standing there and you're doing these katas and and almost like the scene from you know Doctor Strange when they're doing their mm-hmm. they're all standing there kind of a thing. That'd be cool. I went way more standard with my idea for an orc i what i ended up with uh well i got frustrated to be honest troy because i was thinking about every time i thought of an idea for an orc i'm like well i'm basically just stepping on a hobgoblin like evokers toes right like i'm this is more of a build for a for a hobgoblin than it is for an orc and but i think maybe it's the wow days in me coming back but i think an orc necromancer makes sense you know, You're orc right. black cloak with the spell book and the the gnarled staff, like and the I bones mean, protruding out of their back, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that, or or you, even if it's not necessarily, it is necromancy that they're using, but they're not using it to like summon the undead. They're using it to draw life force out of one thing and then use that as a means to. Yeah, fuel their spell slots, maybe. like that, yeah. like the scene from the Warcraft movie where he's sitting there. He's kind of like, "There's that human tied, you know, there by his chair." He's yeah, like, yeah, 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 slowly exactly. sucking the the energy out of his face. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think that was cool. I I thought it was actually like pretty difficult to think about like what's a cool orc wizard build. Um, but so now I'm going to ask you, what is an interesting race and or background wizard combination? And I'm going to make this a little bit more challenging because I want, I want you to actually to live by this as opposed to last time. Uh, you have to pick a sub, uh, a, a school of magic or whatever. Like you can't be like, Oh, I'm going to play it, whatever, whatever. No, I'm going to cheat online, but for you guys, you have to do it. I thought a Furbolg hedge wizard would be fun. As I was sitting there thinking about it, like, oh, we hit furbolgs are always druids, pretty much in most things that I've seen. Or you build like a barbarian furbolg. I've seen a lot of that. But like, our, a furbolg hedge wizard druid sounds really fun, and I think you could you could get a lot of play out of that uh, as as a as a smart druid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Andrew in chat is saying a cobalt blade singer, which I actually enjoy quite a bit. Um, that sounds cool. Man, that's I'm gonna have to sit here. I'm gonna have to think about this for a second. And what immediately came to my mind is obviously like a dwarf. Um, <laughs> like, uh-huh, surprise, surprise. Uh-huh. I've I've uh, I've played a dwarf wizard in the past that was that was all about it was all about grudges. He was the a grudge wizard, mm. and he would his. His hatred towards the people that had harmed his clan or that had wronged them in that, like the kind of like borrowing from the the war the um, Warhammer Book of Grudges, like borrowing from that though they had a long list of those that had wronged the clan and he used those and and the 
the uh, the the anger towards them is what he used to fuel the uh, the spells that he cast. But I I don't know. The, I guess it'd be a dwarven invoker is what that would really boil down to because he was more of a fireball and lightning dwarf mm-hmm. than anything mm-hmm. else. Okay, I I've got two because overachiever. I am also dwarf. Oh, okay. Because I I was thinking, um, well, I had three, but you basically just took one. Because like School of Evocation, that was my very first five E D D character was a a dwarven evoker, mm-hmm. and his his backstory was he was part of the military. He was a soldier, and he was part of the artillery, mm-hmm. and so he would stand you know, on the, on the hill and launch spells along with, you know, the, mm. the, the, the ballista and stuff like that. He didn't last for, that's why I didn't, I didn't really talk about him at the beginning. He didn't last long because, you know, <laughs> when you were tied to the, uh, the ability bonuses from the book, um, they don't really make good wizards, but you could be one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I didn't last long. Um, but then I was also thinking a a, a dwarven enchanter. Mm. Yep, making the making the weapons and making the armor kind of a thing, imbuing mm. the different you know, the different uh, pieces of equipment of your friends before you go into battle and things like that. Um, but then I thought I you know I really dig the the critical role uh, dunamancy. Mm-hmm. stuff and so I'm thinking a dwarven graviturgist mm. where it's all mm-hmm. about just you know the the just the weight and dealing with gravity and, and how it affects different aspects of things and crushing cool. them with rocks like that or things yeah. like that. lodestone mage yeah yeah, yeah. I was yeah I, I was thinking uh Troy, you reminded me of another one that I was kicking around, which was uh, going back to Eberron, um, thinking about shifters. Okay. And I thought, you know, shifters, these these wear characters that transform and maybe they don't always enjoy that aspect of themselves because they're kind of outcast or whatever a lot of time. Like, what about a transmutation wizard shifter who is like, Maybe there's something within the arcane schools that can, if we can understand how to do it, then we can understand how it is done, then we can understand how to keep it from being done. Or how not to do it. How not to do it, yeah. Um, I thought that would be be cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. uh, Didn't really think about other races. For for whatever reason, Dwarf just, you know, popped into my head along with, like, with John. As it should. As it, should. As it should. I think the only the closest thing that I had to one like the part of the most like off the wall was uh, bugbear illusion illusionist <laughs> uh, because and the 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 he was uh, in his the story that I that I came up with it for him that he used illusory magic to bolster the abilities of his the other bugbears and their sneakiness and stealthiness to make sure that the, ensure the sneak attack. What would happen in that first round of combat? So essentially, it improved the efficacy of the other bugbears around him. So that was his buff. 
but his his ability to buff was to was to make them invisible or using uh, illusory spells. One that would be fun. Now this goes against Zach's rule of picking a subclass because I'm not gonna. But uh, just because that's not where the fun is, a Kenku. Yeah, I played a Kenku wizard before. Yeah, it's and very, and yeah. to me, the fun would be going through and trying to find the the quote yeah. for each for each unique yeah. spell. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, using using for me using pop culture references or movie quotes or song song. What you could do is like a hard mode is say, I can only cast, like I have my first set of spells that I get at first level. Then I have to build my spell list from things that I hear while we're at the table Mm. and don't tell any of the other players so they can't help you. Right. So then you're just like furiously writing like, Oh, we're on the water. Uh, sheep water, please say someone say sheep water. And you're like, <laughs> as a player, maybe you're trying to like coerce other players into saying something about shaping water. Notice how the the bow of the ship just kind of cuts through the water, you know, just kind of like pointing them towards things that where they might say it. But no, uh, I, I that might be fun to. Yeah, I like the idea of a Kenku wizard a lot. Actually, it's fun. Totally fun. Yeah, because to me, the the subclass d- doesn't matter at that point. It's just the fun of. The uh, yeah, the the voice. I had an idea for a knight background wizard. Okay, and go war mage uh, mm-hmm. afterwards, but like someone who was drafted into the, an academy or whatever and was going to become a knight has an affinity for magic, and so got like pulled into a specialization. So he's still a knight, but he's he's a knight that is uh, 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 arcane, uh, uh, an arcane student. Like no, an Elvis Knight, cool. right? That's cool. Not not even, but not but not will not wearing like all the armor. No, no, no. He he's a knight. Like straight, like he has wizard. the title and the position and the the responsibility of a knight. But 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 he and he carries himself as a knight. But he doesn't wear armor, and he's a he's a war wizard, he's a war mage. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, fellas. I think that was a good talk. We did wizard. Hooray! Hooray! Yeah, uh, wizard. We'll keep rolling on these probably uh, over the next few weeks and uh, try to knock them out. Fellas, do you have a choice or, or chat here at the end? Do you have a choice on uh, what you'd like for us to talk about next? We could do Monk. We could do uh, Barbarian or Artificer or Rogue or Sorcerer. Those are the five that we have left. How about we let, how about we let uh, chat decide? They can either do it in chat or they can go to our Discord. No, they, they have to tell us right now. That's they have to tell us right now? That's right. Oh, man. Wait a minute. Yes. Where's our moderator? Where's yeah, our moderator. Where's our poll? Mm-hmm. I'm furiously typing. <laughs> <laughs> here, 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 I swear. Yeah. Uh, while, while, we're, while we're giving him a couple moments on that, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, some of the things that we talked about uh, pre-show. Um, so... We're going to mix in a couple of these, I think, with our talks about classes um, over the coming weeks. Uh, John threw out an idea for a topic called uh, what we're looking for on a Kickstarter, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And just talking about like what draws us into a Kickstarter, what's, uh, um, you know, are there specific rewards, certain language, certain art? What, what is it that, that makes you say, yes, I want this? 
mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a cool one and and plays through the, like the second half of this. Uh, I, I think I think whatever answer we answers we give is is you know BS and all the boils down to FOMO. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Half the time, you're absolutely right. Uh, and then the other topic that we're looking at doing is talking about um, our favorite third-party publishers. So, not necessarily games, third-party games or whatever, right? Like, so as an example, right? Like, obviously, I'm sure we're going to bring up Free League, or who, or you know, other creators in some of that discussion, mm-hmm. but. Hopefully, I think the discussion there is less going to be about I really like the Alien RPG, mm-hmm. and thus I like the third, you know, Free League or whatever. We may keep it to five E third party publishers. I don't know, but more so, the types of products that this creator makes, I really find great because. I see their enthusiasm coming through or they have a unique art style or they do stuff weird with their, you know, their product or they really take care of their backers or whatever it is. Like, I think that that'll be a really cool episode where we talk about like, you know, those people there. Cause there is a collection of people that when they turn on a Kickstarter, I'm there. Right. When they mm-hmm. get the product, I'm on board. Right. So I think that could be cool. Yeah. That'll be a good one. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we've got some votes already for Barbarian, uh, so we'll see here. Oh, and Sorcerer, Sorcerer, worst class in the game. <laughs> we need some votes. We got one and one. Listen, listen. Here, here, here. We'll give you a teaser for Sorcerer since since we don't do this type of discussion during the the actual episode. But Sorcerers are the worst class in the game because they are. We, I think we talked about this before in one of the very first episodes. No one loves the sorcerer. No, no, no one thinks it's their favorite thing. And no one absolutely hates them. They invoke no passion whatsoever. They're just there. And that's why the, they're the, the most magoo of classes. Now, see, tying this in with the wizard discussion, the way I like to look at magic in, in like a homebrew setting mm. is, you know, not anybody can be a wizard. You have to have some kind of a connection to the magic, and if you if you never get taught, mm-hmm. you you you're a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. But if if you're found, it's like oh, you know, kind of like the whole thing where it's like oh, every every child of this age has to go before the the the, the magus and and test, and those that show ability get taken to the school or something like that then you can then you end up becoming a wizard of some sort so that way sorcerers and wizards are kind of the same you know they're casting the same magic but they're tied together yeah and that kind of you know helps make sense to me because otherwise you know sorcerers are touched by magic and they can blast magic all over the place willy-nilly but Anybody can just go to a wizard school and become a mm-hmm. become a wizard. Uh, looks like we're gonna have a uh, a result of the bloody barbarian. Uh, so barbarian's gonna be next. We'll we'll cook up some fun ideas for barbarian. We'll roll the with that. The stream Thank of you. rage. 
thank you, Gabriel, for, for doing that and moderating in general. All right, cool. Uh, Barbarian it is. Uh, not sure what's going to happen next Sunday. We might do that next Sunday. Uh, but definitely we'll, we'll be back with another episode on Tuesday. Oh, next Sunday is Mother's Day. So no promises on a stream. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that goes. All right. Uh, John Troy, thanks for another uh, fun episode. Thanks to uh, Gabriel for streaming, uh, for moderating again. Uh, Andrew, thanks for hanging out for the whole entire uh, stream. That was nice. Uh, Girk also hung out. Roxy, Sony Playstations. Um, and there was a couple people towards the towards the beginning. Uh, stretch Guide uh, said hey. Hung mm-hmm. out for a little bit. Yep. Absolutely. I think uh, Red Panda was, Red one, pa- was another one. Fluffy, Fluffy, Fluffy Panda. Panda. Fluffy Panda. There you go. Fluffy yeah. Panda. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much. Appreciate you very much. Uh, we'll do this all again soon. Until then, we'll see you next time. And in the immortal words of one of my favorite wizards of all time, uh, Wizzo from the Bozo Show, Dooney, 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 Dooney. Play great oh games. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I stay safe. I, like, I can't beat that. <laughs> I can't, oh my God. What a throwback. Uh, yeah. So be careful with your spell components. Um, Make sure that you uh, use the right ones. I guess that's the best I can go. Terrible. That was the worst. It was worse. That was worse. It's like, got nothing, man. Oh, you threw me off my damn game, man. <laughs> worse than usual. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, Give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time. You short-circuited my damn brain with that, man. I've completely forgotten about Wizzo. Like, completely forgotten about Wizzo.